It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Here, Byron Grill, Jeff Johnson, with you live for third number six along the Gulf of Mexico from the Lightning. Uh, Samantha Falch, how are you doing, Sam? I am on the edge of my seat, quite literally, waiting to hear about your flesh eating bacteria scare. Okay, so, go. so six months ago, he okay, he starts so, the story and then takes a drink. <laughs> when, when we when we moved, when we when we left Iowa and moved to the beach. Um, I was, I was loving my, my, my new, my new life as a beach guy. And, uh, Tosh and I both heard stories from, from locals, how they didn't, they didn't like our stretch of ocean here. And they, when they wanted to go to the beach, they would go over to Alabama or, or over to Florida, um, because they're worried about flesh eating bacteria because sometime sure. In the last 30 years, that had been a thing. And so after hearing a couple of these stories, I, I went on the uh, the interwebs and I, I, I looked for um, cases of flesh-eating bacteria um, here within, you know, like a 30-mile rate, you know, within on, on, our, yeah. on, our, on our beach. And, and there was nothing. And there, there were there were recent stories about flesh-eating bacteria in Alabama and Florida. Most of them were like in uh, in Michigan along the Great Lakes and, and around Lake Erie, isn't this usually, kind of stuff. Isn't it usually a lake thing? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a bacteria but, expert. And, and, and I think I talked to Lisa about this. My uh my surmise, my my surmise was that that people just don't like to be happy where they're at, and they want a reason to go other places. We we need a reason to go on a road trip, um, and and it seems like more of a, you know going going down to the beach that is, is literally twenty steps away. It doesn't seem like you're doing something, but if you're driving 150 miles over to uh, the Florida Panhandle, then you went on a trip and and your thing or or whatever. And so I I kind of blew it off, and then and then time goes by, and um, I noticed um, between my my um, this little piggy went to market this morning, my wee 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 piggy and what's the oh, this one little bit mark this one little okay for us beat this up and this little. Stayed the stayed home and the wee 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 piggy, right? Those are the last two. Yeah, yeah, yes, I believe so. Um, so anyway, between between those piggies on my on my left foot, listeners, this is gonna get that's not really gonna get all that gross. There's a, 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 a grosser. Sure, that had a little cut, right? Um, and and look, spent a lot of time barefoot on the beach and and trying to build up beach feet. Um, and and so you know, sure, I, I step on a shell and I get a cut or whatever, and 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 then I keep an eye on it, put some peroxide on it, and then it goes away. And and then it happens again, 
and it, it doesn't go away. And and so there's this little cut there, and then there there there's time goes by, and then there's some some flaky skin around it too, some peeling going on. And I thought for a moment, hmm, do I have flesh eating bacteria? Because <laughs> you're making a face, Sam. Go on. What do you? I'm, what do I'm you have making. To say? No, I'm just. I'm making a face of. No, yeah. That's. This is exactly how my train of thought would work. Except it wouldn't be. Do I have? It would be. I have flesh eating bacteria. This and now I must amputate my foot. Well, I didn't go that far. I thought. Yeah, that would. That's silly. And then I ignored oh. it for another couple of weeks. Right. Because Perfect. true draft style. It, it seems to be kind of a, a, a my experience is that's kind of a dude thing. Um, yes, and it sure it, is. Yeah, yeah, but so it doesn't go away. And I thought again, huh, maybe I really do have, have flesh-eating bacteria because it was it was getting, look, it never got, it, it's, it's a little flaky skin, a little itchy once in a while, right? Um, and, and then, um, and, and then I just, uh, I, I got some uh, athlete's foot, a little ointment and put it on there and it went away. No flesh eating oh. bacteria. Great. So you just had half a foot. Yeah, a little, little bit of a uh, little bit of fungus, not bacteria. Huh? There's um, fungus among us. And I was really disappointed because I hoped it was flesh eating bacteria because I thought that would make a better podcast episode. How fun would that have been if was... you had had what is it? Necrotic fasciitis? Yeah, that have been so fun to talk about. Well, oh, look, after at being able to go back and pull the episode where I talked shit about the people that were so worried about it, and then having it mm. myself, it would have yeah. made it would have made much better podcast. This is you know we teased funny. this we teased this last time we were together, and and now the story is really a nothing burger, um, yeah. of 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 a story. Other than that. <laughs> I thought I might have had it, and I don't. And, and and if I would have continued, look, if the if the 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 fungus ointment hadn't worked, I would probably wait another six weeks. Right, just to see what it does. Just to just to see see how things evolved um, before dealing with it. Um, so you would have thought you had uh, uh, flesh eating bacteria too. Oh, immediately. Have I not told you my ringworm story? Oh, I don't if I, I don't think so oh, because boy. I'm sure I would have remembered. This will be quick because this is not a story about diseases we didn't have. Uh, this is a podcast about other things. But um, this, my senior year of high school, I I get home from school. I think it was like working late on like some school stuff, and like I think it was like for homecoming or something. So there was like a lot of like painting and making floats and all that nonsense. Um, and my brother, my little brother looks at me and he looks at the back of my leg and he goes what is that spot and there's this red spot with a red ring around it on the back of my leg and he goes that looks like ringworm I'm like no it doesn't and then I google it I'm like oh god it does look like ringworm so now I'm in a slight panic because oh my god I have ringworm how how did this happen I like what should I do? My dad's still at work. He's an actual human doctor. So I could ask him, but I can't till he comes home from work. So I, I show it to my mom and she's like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> what, what is this? When did this happen? I'm like, I don't know. It's on the back of my leg. I don't normally look at the back of my leg. 
So I'm panicking about this. And finally, like after about two minutes of like, what? My mom's like looking at it, you know, making that that face when moms are investigating things. She Mm -hmm. goes, did you wash it off? And I say, well, no, I don't want to touch it if it's a, you know, ringworm. She goes, well, here's a glove. So I get a paper towel and I wet the paper towel and it's paint. It wasn't ringworm. I didn't have ringworm, but it really looked like it did for some reason. <laughs> That's the end of that story. Listeners, if you have a story about thinking you had a bacteria or fungus or whatever ringworm Something is. Something even more fun. Um, or, or actually had it, uh, send us a voicemail or a text at 228-363-6737. Um, okay, let's get into this voicemail from... Uh, Larissa, let me go to my share screen thing. Got that. Share. Move the Sam video over here so I can still see you. Listeners, does this this make good pod where I'm talking about all the things I'm doing behind? I think it does. This makes great. Not really behind the scenes. Not really behind the scenes if I'm talking about it, is it? Okay. So, uh, listeners, uh, Larissa called at 228 363 6737. She's been added to the list of of, of best listeners, which includes now Larissa, Sarah, Jessica, Harmony, Pam. um, uh, Should we send them all a treat at the end of the year so they all get a treat and the treat is just a postcard? Uh, The treat is ringworm. There would be that that would take so much work collecting addresses and that's stuff a good that point. That, Ew, this sounds I mean, hard. A, a good human podcast host would do that, but I just I'll can't. do it. Put me in charge. I want to be in charge of the um the hospitality committee for the child. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how we'll we'll check in next month and see how many things you've accomplished on your list before we give you something else to do. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's hear. Let's 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 start listening to. Oh, by the way, listeners, Larissa is going to be a two-part episode. Um, so here we go. A special, Larissa. Hey, Jeff. Uh, my name is Larissa. I'm a mom of a two-year-old. Um, I've been listening to y'all podcast for calling in one um, for your policy procedure collection. I've been wanting to send you my little guy's uh, learning center's policy and procedures. I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, we're going to pause there. Um, Sam, Larissa is going to send me her, pro- her, her her two-year-old's policies and procedures from his program. Um, I asked her not to after I got some more Ooh. information from her. So listeners, I'm I'm very interested in policies and procedures and parent handbooks and operating handbooks and, and staff handbooks. If you have one that's easy to send to me, like in PDF form or via a, a, a hyperlink, uh, just send me a text or voicemail at 228-363-6737, or you can, uh, you can email me via the uh, email address in the show notes. I asked Larissa not to because she's the mom of a two-year-old and and it's like a printed handbook that she's got is the only version oh, she has. No. And so it was going to involve uh, scanning and scanning. Yeah, oh God, I, PDFs. I, I I I told her that was way too much work. If if she ever thought she had extra time to do that, that she should go have some some quality mommy self care time because that that would be. I mean, I I I I. I but I appreciate I mean, the thought, Larissa. Oh yeah, I love I love the thought, but I. I can't imagine being the mom of a two-year-old. Um, I think a nap would be better. Um, so, but look, if you don't have a two-year-old and you have the handbook in a PDF format, shoot it my way. Then, um, yeah, then you have no excuse. You yeah, yeah then no excuse if you're. 
Either get a two-year-old or send us your handbooks. Mm, you know, maybe if you have an infant, maybe maybe a three-year-old, uh, a, a child under five and having to scan it, forget it. Okay, back to the call. Uh, but I found it interesting that they refused to do anything with water, um, which, I mean, I guess they're afraid kids will drown, uh, but it's Texas and it gets hot. Um, so that's one little caveat for you. Um, but... We're going to stop there. That's what the rest of our episode is going to be is about water play. Um, look, I, I think I think not letting I'm just going to turn off this share thing here at the moment. Um, I think not letting two year olds in Texas play with water is is I I I don't know if it's child I probably not child abuse. That might be a a high bar, but right. Is... It certainly doesn't seem wise. Yeah. So, listeners, back to episode seven hundred and thirty, and that that's over two hundred oh, episodes. He's been researching. Yeah. Oh, back back in episode seven hundred and thirty, we did a water a water play episode, but that's been over two hundred episodes ago. So, I thought we'd spend some time talking about water play. Um, I made some notes. What are your thoughts about water play, just in general, Sam? Oh, in general, I love it. I would. My my current program, we are approved because we share the space with lots of other people. So things, we don't just get to always do exactly what we want, which I can understand. Um, we're approved to do water play once, like big water play once a week where we get the hose out and we get the pools out and we're in the grassy yard and there's mud and there's, you know, it's it's a slip and slide. And then there's all sorts of like squirter things and buckets. But if it was up to me, that would be an option every day in whatever clothes you want. If you want a swimsuit, great. If you don't want mm -hmm. a swimsuit, don't care. Um, I would love to have that be an option every single day. It isn't right now. So I, I absolutely savor the one day a week that we do get to do that because it's such fun. Such a great time. I try to have the, like a sensory table full of water every day mm -hmm. um, or some other substance if it's not water. But I have a lot of other outdoor space that no one else utilizes that I can utilize. So I try and like put a water table out there with like little buckets or with, again, the squirters or with sponges and things like that. Because I think it is, A, just very, very fun to be mm -hmm. wet and to make things wet. And for a lot of the children I work with, it's a really fun sensory experience either because they really, really like it or they really, really don't, and they're yeah. learning how to get used to it if they want to, or completely avoiding it if they want to. So it's giving them a lot more opportunities to engage with it in a way that's very low risk. Like you can just touch the water with your fingers. You can put your feet in it if you want to. You can stay away from it. You can just use the little squirty thing, you know, the little eyedropper if you want to use that. So I think it's awesome for every single person, and I can confidently say I've never heard of anyone drowning with hose. How, so, how many? How many kids in your group? In my group, I have seven. So and I'm, I'm guessing, we... I'm guessing uh, two or three of them are dying every week when you do water play because it's so dangerous. You know, it's the numbers have been going down steadily. Um, not quite sure what to do. Yeah, of course, those are um, those are older kids. They're not toddlers. Right, so, they're not yeah. toddlers. Uh, but my youngest uh, is three. So, listeners, water can indeed be dangerous. Absolutely, um, let us and, not. And precautions should be should be taken. And 
my feeling is that and, and tell Sam, tell me if this is if this is too harsh. If you have sure. people working in your early learning setting that you can't trust to supervise children with water, you probably shouldn't be trusting them with anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that's kind of the mic drop moment here. Um again. If there's, if someone is terrified of using a kiddie pool because kids can drown in, you know, less than an inch of water. And yes, that is true. A, why do you not trust yourself to be vigilant with children in a group? Mm -hmm. um, B, if that is such a no-go for you, there are hoses. Yeah, there there are ways like, like to all make over mm -hmm. hoses. It's not, like there are so many options so to take the option of we're not going to do it at all scares me because, well, what else are they not choosing to, I, th I think critically might be the wrong term, but what else are they not choosing to think critically about? What else are they not choosing to be vigilant about and put the time and effort and thought and care into? And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that these teachers are bad teachers. I don't know them. Yeah. Um but I would love to know more about why this was the decision that the school came to. Like what? Yeah, and I mean, it, it might not be. It might not be. But the staff that are making that are making right. that decision, it'll. It, I mean, somebody somebody makes a decision. You got to live with it. Exactly. I I know programs. And I've told the story on the show before. But years ago, I was out in California, um, hanging out during a conference, skipping sessions, talking to some staff, as you do. And, yes. and and they they all worked in a, a big center and they each classroom had a big fancy water play table with uh, with different basins and and drains mm -hmm. between you know a big fancy one and they said they were they they never used them because the licensor had explained to them that the state regulation said that that one child could play at a time and that they could have no more than one inch of water. And that between children, they had to completely drain it, sanitize it, and refill it with water between between children. And so they never they never got used. And then years went by, and a new licensor came in and and explained, you know, why why do you have these water tables that are covered with with uh, sedimentary layers of, of classroom rubbish? Why why aren't you out and using them? And uh, and and the staff explained that the licensor had said no to this, and and they're like, no, you just you just change the water when you need to change the water, and and you use know, the water like play a tables. person would. Yeah. So I mean, they, there there are all kinds of reasons it doesn't happen, but right. it probably should. Um, Absolutely. I, like, there's so much. There's so apart from just beating the heat, right? There's so much sure. good that comes in water play. And so, so some of that good, I tried to put together a a a non an incomplete. I tried to put together an incomplete list. So one, we've got sensor, we've got sensory integration. Um, one neurologist, I, I listened to his podcast, and and he was talking an episode I recently listened to about the the one of the only reasons we humans have brains is for sensing things. Um, the vast majority of our brain real estate is involved in the processing of sensory information and and water 
is a, a great way to integrate those sensory systems, whether it's it's uh, it's, it's visual or auditory or or olfactory or 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 even the vestibular and proprioceptive systems. Uh, water is a, a big part of that. And 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 look, uh, water. You know, if you're if you're if you're if you if you if you have an interoceptive system, which is the awareness of 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 what's going on inside your body, water plays a part there too. Because uh, sometimes you have water in your body or or liquid that's mostly water that needs to leave, and uh, <laughs> knowing knowing when you need to pee is part of part of uh, that interoceptive system. So uh, drinking water can be part of of, of sensory integration too. So so water is great for the senses. Um, it burns energy and, and, and supports physical development. Um, and that's big body stuff from when you're, you're filling up the buckets and hauling them to fill up the, the other container on the other side of the playground. And when you're, you're dragging the big heavy hose around. So there's the big body stuff. But there's also the the fine motor stuff when you're using the the little eyedropper and trying to put the little the little drops of trying to make rows of little beads of water on something that kind of stuff. So it's uh, there's a lot of body stuff going on. Just you know visual tracking and hand eye coordination and all that stuff goes on in water play. Um, so that's uh, that's happening. Got to drink some tea. You know what? I Ooh, should be can I water. can I? You should be. Uh, can I jump in with some of my favorite yeah. things that might be on your list? Mm -hmm. uh, I So something that's been, that I've really loved about water play for my group is they're doing, they're, there's a lot of learning about boundaries and asking for things uh, and asking for permission to do things or to have something, which is something sure. that we work on all the time when we're three, four, five years old. But I, like I mentioned earlier, I have, several students that don't necessarily enjoy the sensory feeling of being wet in their clothing and other mm -hmm. ones that are like, this is the greatest day of my life. Like they will stick their entire bodies into the pool and just lay there. So it's really interesting to see how I have one, one buddy who will go up to the table and play with it, but like hold their body away from the table so that their body isn't anywhere close to touching the water, but they still want to touch it with their hands. Mm -hmm. And then when other kids come up and start splashing around and are, you know, making the, the waves in the water table rock a little bit, she has now learned to say, no, stop, because she does not want to be wet. She hates, she hates that. She has no interest in it, but she still wants to play. So they're learning this back and forth of how are we all going to play here when we want to play in different ways. So they're coming up, you know, with, oh, we'll go play at the other table or, can we play here now and you come later? That's been really exciting to watch them come up with these strategies for solving these social problems. Yeah, that would I've got, I've got social skills and self-regulation on there. And so that kind of falls in. I think that's I think what you, that story you just told, I think that's that's where social skills and self-regulation bump into each other. I think that is that is great. Um another one I've got on the list, and th it, this might not apply to the child you just described, but for for a lot of people. Um, being near around touching water is emotionally calming and slash therapeutic. Yeah, um, absolutely. The sound it makes when you're you're dumping out of the containers, the just the feel of it on your skin, all those kind of things. Those kids that are laying down fully clothed in the pools um, yes. are probably getting getting a bit of that. The time of their lives. Yeah. Just so pleased. Uh, I I find the the look of water, especially when there's sunlight, very soothing. 
Mm -hmm. Um, obviously this is, you know, when you're older and you can stay under the water and swim under the water, my favorite thing to do in my grandparents' pool would be to swim down and then just look up. I loved (laughs) that. That was just so calming for me. Oh, I think I'd be scared to open my eyes in water. Oh, I loved it. It's so much fun. I'm scared that I might get a flesh eating bacteria on my eyeballs. That is a good point, actually. Got to keep them close tight. Um... Uh, maybe we shouldn't have combined the flesh eating bacteria and the uh, with the water. The water maybe play. we did this wrong. Yeah. Hey, listeners, you wanna you wanna try to keep the uh, flesh eating bacteria out of your water table? Um, I think I think if you if you do a search for that, you're gonna find out it doesn't happen very often. Another thing I got on my list You'll is that that water is a is a very popular loose part, um, along yes. with sticks and dirt and sand and rocks and shells. I think water is probably one of the, the oldest, the the classic, the uh, the classic loose parts, and and that's because it can be used in so many ways. Um, you know, a lot a lot of times when water play only happens once in a once in a while, it ends up being mostly a sensory kind of activity. But when it's around more frequently, then water plays a bigger part in things like dramatic play, and they start yeah, building dramatic play themes around around our liquid friend i don't know if water is really our liquid friend um that's one of them i guess um so water play also supports many play schemas and so um whether it's transporting schema trajectory schema scattering schema uh there are all these all these kind of ways of exploring the world that kids get interested in and water is a is is a great medium for for exploring or exploring those things I think water is really fun for, is it, is, is it containment or envelopment? I always get the names of the schemas confused. This is my problem, but like wanting to be inside of things or put things inside of other things, water is really interesting for that because it takes on the shape of whatever you put it in. Yeah. And in many things, it does things. not stay. Yeah. It, it will not stay if you put it, you know, in a clay pot, it will run out or it will seep into the sides. So it's a different way of experimenting with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's mathematical learning going on because you, when you're playing with measuring cups and containers, volume, full and volume, and and those kind of things. There's understanding scientific concepts with water. Um, I mean, look, the the whole. I mean, look, kids are, look, kids are just batty about fluid dynamics. I mean, if I know anything about children, they're very interested. Love fluid dynamics. You give you give a three year old a squirt gun or a spray bottle, uh, they're on it like Sonic. They they might they might not right. they might not call it fluid dynamics, but that's exactly what well, they're that is with. what it is. Yeah, and then and and so it it's mass and motion and gravity and there's all that stuff going on with it. Then it's it's um, cause and effect. It's yeah. hy- it's hypothesis. It's the whole scientific process. Yeah. It's not so just making them look at a map of the water cycle. I'm shaking my hands as if wringing someone's neck. Grr. I hate that. I hate it. Look, um, Le- leave the water cycle for later. Nobody cares. You need to practice wringing necks. That that was a very pathetic neck wringing. I guess this is more. This That's is more like shaking of the shaking shoulder. shoulders. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so we got. So I mean, water is very stemmy. Um, there's the language development. Um, the little girl you talked oh, about learning man. to say no. Um, but there's mm-hmm. so much conversation that springs up around water play. Um, Wet, that... dry, up, down, drip, trickle, gush. 
Yeah, I just, you know, get me, so there's the vocabulary, there's a conversation about, uh, about all the planning and organizing and, and then the bickering that I need the uh, green bucket. No, you can't have the green bucket until I'm done. Well, where's the purple bucket? All of that kind of stuff is, is practice at language. So that's, uh, that's, that goes in there. Um, there's some creativity that comes with water play. And I think for for me anyway, one of the best things about it is you can get all of that stuff and and water is one of the easiest mediums to use for those things because it's the easiest to clean up. Um there there are so many there, really is. there are so many it materials. Yeah, there are so many materials you can use to learn and to have all that learning we just talked about. But but water it it it, it evaporates, it goes away, it seeps into the ground, and so Done. a lot easier to clean up than paint. And then and then other things like if you have water and it's on the tile floor or something, then here use this towel. Ooh, the water's in the towel now. It got absorbed by the towel. It's a whole new thing. The cleaning of it is just another element of the thing itself. Truly yeah. a wonder material. And don't get me started on ice and steam. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, it, I ice mean, is so it, much fun. <laughs> so, so water play, more of it. Um, Love it. Love it. If for some reason you are also at a school that says you cannot do water play for safety reasons ask if that includes hoses just ask sprinklers something like that i would ask you know, why yeah ask why and then if if what you're met with is you know we're not going to do it and you don't have the energy to fight back on why that's probably either a misinterpretation of a licensing regulation or just dumb um suggest a sprinkler or a hose yeah if you're not if if you're not able to do water play and you have access to the uh handbook send me a copy of that bad boy at 228-363-6737 or or even better yet if you are totally 100 anti-water play and you listen to this podcast um please send me a voicemail and tell me why and 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 because i mean i i don't get why people are anti-water play but that doesn't mean i'm not willing to to listen and try to understand there 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 might be valid reasons not to to do this thing that children love and enjoy and learn from i i'm just not i'm just not seeing it exactly Um, we don't know what we don't know so please enlighten us this this here this has been the child care barn real podcast we'll be back soon with another episode thanks for listening also i'd like to hear about uh, any of your brushes with flesh-eating bacteria bye-bye bye what a fun guy <laughs> that's a fungus joke <laughs> <laughs>